coming up on today's show. We break down our most genius, influential, life-changing tweets in another edition of Explain Yourself. Hawk and I debate the hottest question in the NFL. Is chili soup? Slow news week, I guess. Skid loaders, blow torches, and life sentences. All of this and much, much more coming up on another ABS Global Image Award winning episode of The Tomahawk Show. Welcome to the award-winning Tomahawk Show, the best podcast you've ever heard in your life and the best piece of audio ever put together. When audio was invented, this podcast was what Thomas Edison had in mind. Did he invent audio? Mm. He didn't. I'll research that. Okay. We'll get our researchers on it. I am your humblest of all co-host, Andrew Hawkins. Um, Fun fact about me, I broke my back in college um, playing for the University of Toledo. Took a huge hit versus Bowling Green. And I didn't know my back was broken until a year and a half later when it hurt for that entire amount of time. And I broke bones on my, uh, yeah, on my vertebrae. Is that the right term? I don't know. It was like my uh, L1. Well, that's what I was wondering. So you say you broke your back. Your back obviously is a large area. What does it mean when somebody says, yeah, I broke my back? Because does that mean they fractured a vertebrae? Does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, no. So what happened was I got like, was diving for a ball thrown by Bruce Gratkowski. He sucked. Um, I got hit. <laughs> Bruce actually doesn't suck. But hey, I got hit, and I, like, went back. Remember the, the Johnny Knox hit from the Bears a while ago where he, like, folded, like, an accordion the opposite direction? Mm-hmm. Look that up. It was essentially that same thing, and my back was hurting me, and then I couldn't sleep for a long period of time. I even That was at the end of my sophomore year. I came back my junior year. Like trying to play, my back was still bothering me. I didn't go through spring, and then eventually they took a bone scan, and they were like, "Oh, okay, you uh, yeah, you have a you have a you have a fracture in there. It's healing now though, so don't worry about it." And so I sat out my junior year and didn't come back to my senior year for that reason. So you were just able to rest, and then it healed. Is yeah. That yep. I mean, interesting. I don't. We'll see what kind of rep, you know uh, consequences it has down the line. But yeah, absolutely, I fractured. I would think a bone in my back. if you're gonna hurt your back. Breaking a vertebrae is probably the best thing you yes. can do to your back because yes. you don't want to do anything to your spinal cord. Right, exactly. You don't want to do anything to your discs because those are like I've got one out that that kind of hurts me right. uh, and has affected me throughout my career. And once they take them out, there's not a whole lot you can do. Um, but like a, a cracked vertebrae, I would think that if you let it heal up, as long as it doesn't heal wonky, right? Like, hopefully, you should be all right. I mean, yeah, but who not knows? you I, personally, I, but like if it happened to me, I would hope that I'd be all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I might have been six one though. That's the downside, right? I might have still had another <laughs> a growth spurt somewhere in there. That boom, now I'm five yeah, seven, right? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm joined by Joe Thomas. That's the, the lovely voice you hear. The hardest working man in media, and by hardest working, I mean he makes the most amount of money for the least amount of work. Um, Ooh, Joe, that is the greatest award of all that, time. Oh, that now, is you a can win. have the Malcolm Gladwell Appreciation <laughs> Award or whatever that you've been telling me we won, but I want to win the award of the most overpriced free agent yes. in history. Which which means that uh, no matter what you did on the field, they paid you way more than you were worth. And I will also want to be the <laughs> man in the media that makes the most money per second. I love of that. actual airtime. There's there's a that's that made me think of uh, Antonio Bryant who played in the NFL receiver for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I think he actually might have been on the Browns for a second. We'll get our researchers on that, but I think he played for the Browns. But Antonio Bryant signed with the Bengals, and I think was 2010 maybe for like a one year, ten million dollar deal. 
Um, yeah, he did play for the Browns in 0405, but he signed with the Bengals for like a one-year, $10 million deal, and his knee was not right. He failed his physical and got to keep all of his money. He, he passed the physical, got out there, and they were like, he was basically limping routes, and mm. he got to keep all of the $10 million. So it was like $10 million for like four days of work, and Ooh, that, that, that was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, if that's not a win, I don't know what it is. I think they had to fire the team doctor um, because of it because I don't know how he passed the physical, but that's the Antonio O'Brien situation, but also around Antonio O'Brien. He's very active on Twitter, and I have a theory that it is not actually Antonio O'Brien. He has a verified check mark, but he tweets like a, a 16-year-old fan, and I'm like, there is no way this is this dude. So I, I don't know if there's an investigation that needs to open up to figure out who is behind the Twitter account, but I don't think it's the real Antonio O'Brien. Interesting. It, anyway, what do we got going on today? Uh, Joe, what do you got going today? How's, how's life? Yeah, it was a great day. We did a amazing podcast breaking down the Miles Garrett stuff. Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, it has so far probably going to be our highest, most downloaded podcast that we've done so far. Yep. Um, so I'm rolling like a big shot this week Tell right me, now. What kind of and, feedback did you get for that? Uh, it's It goes both ways, right? And it's funny because – Pittsburgh Steelers people are like, oh, you're so biased. Like, you're just such a huge Browns fan. You can't get over your own bias and realize that Miles Garrett is the scum of the earth and Mason Rudolph didn't do anything. And then you have the Browns fans that are like, oh, Miles doesn't even deserve to be suspended. Mason Rudolph started it. He kicked him in the nuts. What would you do? And so because I've gotten that type of feedback on both sides, I feel like I've hit a home run. Yeah, uh, I've hit it. it perfectly down the middle yep. and really knocked it out of the park with our nobody takes. likes you. Yeah. Because nobody likes them. And when you're talking <laughs> about like the most polarizing on the field action that we've seen this season, if nobody likes your take, that means it's either completely asinine and maniacal or, or, it's, or it's you've probably had a perfect take. Yeah. So we're going to say that we, we hit the perfect discussion around yeah. Miles Garrett. Yeah. And the Cleveland but I'm, no, I'm, I'm having a great day. It's been a great week. I buried my skid loader at the farm. Like you bad, buried bad. what? Like, okay. A skid loader, you know, like a Bobcat. I have no idea. Uh, well, can I just okay. say real quick? I would imagine there's a lot of combinations of words I've never heard together. Right. Okay. I'm 33 years old. Skid and loader. That. You've never. I've heard never those heard those two words married together back to back in an in English sentence Excellent. ever. Huh. Guess Perfect. what a skid loader is before Joe tells us. A skid oh, loader. This well, is a fun game. Man, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's other kids listening. <laughs> um, and if so, they're probably a skid loader themselves. I would say my four year old daughter is a skid loader. Because she doesn't wipe good at all. Um, that is a great take. Yeah. So I don't know. Why don't you, you tell me exactly what a skid loader is? Best take of the week so far. Uh, that was even better than your Miles Gear take. Uh, so a skid loader is a piece of heavy equipment. Uh, a lot of farmers, a lot of uh, construction people, they use them. It's got like the big bucket on front. You know, it's used for scooping up piles of gravel and dirt uh -huh. and ma machine. But you can also put a bunch of different attachments on the front so anyways i was uh fixing up a road that had washed out with all the rain we've been getting in the midwest uh td i think you should drink every time we talk weather so anyways <laughs> td's a producer that hates when we talk weather um so i was fixing the road the other day and i hit like basically quicksand just this hole and it just sucked in half the machine. I mean, yeah. it was completely buried up to the tread on one side, which is like four feet high. And so I had to have my buddy, shout out to Dave Rowe Excavating Thank in you, Wisconsin, uh, bring over his 
uh, excavator mm-hmm. and a bunch of chain and helped me pull it out this morning. And I got to open up a couple bales of hay and feed my cows. They were excited to see me. Oh. And they're like dogs at this point, Hawk, where yeah. as soon as I pull up my truck and I get out, they like run right over to the fence and they're like, <laughs> scratch my head and give me some food or I'm going to run you over. <laughs> at what point do we turn them into tomahawk steaks? Oh, so I think when they're about two, but I'm going to keep my cows because they're girls. They're producing a nice uh, lottery check okay. every year when they have a calf. Okay. Um, but the bull calves will castrate them and will raise them as steers till they're eh, about two years old, and then they'll they'll be turned into delicious tomahawk steaks. That's a tough life, so, right? The person you love to see, the person that's been feeding your whole life. At the end, he's gonna eat you for dinner. That's a <laughs> gotta love. I, I gotta love America, I can, baby. I can end my life. Like, yeah. I hope somebody can use my body when I'm done and not just bury me in the ground and let me rot. Yeah, like, I like it. So, Joe, if you had to guess which piece of heavy machinery I've ever operated, what would you say it was? I would say none. Forklift. There's no way you've ever operated any. I was a forklifter at a, a wind turbine factory. So I would really? go in the warehouse. Yep, I would use the forklift, and I would have to do inventory of these huge, gigantic wind turbine engines. And... Mm. I was a fucking G um, with, really? with the wind turbine. Yeah. Um, and I would also use a blowtorch. And I was doing things that I probably shouldn't have been doing. And I wasn't properly trained. Did you say blowtorch? Yeah, because I, I would have to, like, uh, you know, blowtorch, you know, whatever. I don't even know what I was blowtorching, but it was like, they were just like, hey, when this thing gets to this point, stop blowtorching it. Here's your mask. <laughs> here's, your, here's your gloves. And so I'm in there just doing all this stuff. And then one time, Somebody dropped one of the wind turbine engines and it was, they're super expensive as you would imagine. Like that's like a big deal. So they must've dropped it and broke it. And so I come into work and everyone's looking at me funny. Like, and someone's, you know, one of my boys there, uh, Griff, you know, he was, Griff was the big, you know, big dude, real big dude, sat in a chair. He just blowtorched all day. Griff was like, hey man, you you got some people on your back. And I'm like, why? (laughs) They heard about you dropping the wind turbine engine i'm like i didn't drop no damn engine so one of the guys there to this day i don't know who did it one of them dropped it and it was like i'm just gonna make i'm just gonna blame it on the college football player who's there in the summer because this is like my actual livelihood and i just took it because i ultimately i'm like i don't give a shit like i'm not gonna be here very long but to this day i'm like i had a flawless forklift uh history and that guy tarnished my record what are you gonna do man all right, that's so, pretty cool. Um, and it was nice of you to kind of be the fall guy since yeah. it didn't really matter for you. And that guy was trying exactly. to put bread on this table for his family. But it is funny to me that you were using a blowtorch, which I still don't know what that is. Was it a welder? Was it a cutting torch? Rotor. Was it a settling torch? Like I think it was a blowtorch. Uh, I mean, was it a plasma? What? Like what was it? it was and a, you'd have no idea, and you don't even know what you're using it. It's with, a flamethrower. Just <laughs> I was using a flamethrower. Yeah, I was, I was security. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, OSHA has now shut down that factory. By the way, yeah, uh, there's no way they're letting humans in there. If they had you yeah. using a blowtorch, and you don't even know what you're using. It yeah, but, hey, what are you going to do, man? Someone, so, someone gives you a ball full of fire, you use it. Am I right? All right. <laughs> All right. I All right. It. Well, we got a bunch of cool stuff on today's show. And by a bunch of cool stuff, we have just a couple segments that are awesome. Um, interact on the show at Tomahawk Show on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram. Facebook group is Tomahawk. Hit the voicemail line up, 440-628-1376 to talk to your boy so we can use your audio and not pay you for it. Okay? That's what we do here at the Tomahawk oh, Show because we don't make any money. You don't get to make any money. Rights. This is just how it goes. Um, all right, we got a sweet edition of Explain Joseph. 
Please rise. Part is now in session. Explain myself? Explain yourself. Okay, so in Explain Yourself, if you've been living under a rock, what we do here is we've tweeted things throughout the week because we're two of the best humans on Twitter in the history of Twitter. And producer John tees up one of our tweets from the week or some of our tweets, and we explain what the hell we meant by it. Since there's only 240 characters, we get to explain in detail exactly what was going on. So, John, tee us up. The first tweet comes from Joe Thomas. From early Monday evening, Joe tweeted, Count me as crazy, but I just love the NFL International Series. Can't wait for tonight's game because the game in Mexico City just has an awesome, bold game feel to it. Can't wait to listen to at ESPN Booger and at Joe Tessitore ESPN on the call. Joe, explain yourself. Company man. <laughs> I don't work for ESPN. <laughs> you work for NFL. I do work for the NFL. Yes. I will give you that. So... I, I wanted to kind of put that out there just to kind of get some feedback from your typical NFL fan to see if they get as excited about the international series as I do because I have this, some would say maybe unusual desire to go overseas and coach football overseas to what? foreign kids. So my dream is to like take my family over to Germany for a year and coach American football and try to train up some big beefy Germans and turn them into good <laughs> offensive linemen. And I just think it would be a great experience. So backing up just a little bit, my wife and her family spent a year over in London in the London area when she was a kid, when they were all, all in school because her dad was working in a factory and he got uh, transferred over there for a, uh, a whole year. And they just had a lot of great memories. and. I think for the culture aspect, for you know, ex- introducing your kids to new things and being able to travel when you're over there and mm-hmm. being so close to a lot of cool things, teaching them maybe a different language and being involved in uh, helping raise up the NFL in another country, I think it would be really cool. And actually, Germany has the best football of any other country outside, outside of the, the United States. Yep. Um, and so I've always kind of enjoyed the the games that are played internationally. And one of the big regrets during my career, it's it's not losing all those games. It's not never playing in the playoffs. No, it's blowing my elbow out the game before the Browns played in London <laughs> and not even getting to go to London and uh, play over there at Wembley Stadium. So that was disappointing. So, but, or, or no, I think they were in Twickenham. Yeah, they were in Twickenham. But either way, I wasn't there, so, so it doesn't matter. So give, given the audience context here, the year before your last season with the Browns, Troy Vincent, who is uh, head of football ops for the NFL, he was visiting the oh, Cleveland yeah, Browns meeting, facility. You? Yep. So it was the end of the 2016 season, and he wanted to meet with some veterans of the team just to talk there. We talked about a bunch of stuff, man. And, and came, what came up was the NFL's presence internationally. Now, in that meeting, it was Joe Thomas. It was myself. I believe Demario Davis was in there. I believe Tremont Williams was there. Josh it was all the big people. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, um, Barack Obama was there. Everybody was there. Maverick Carter was crazy. Um, But yeah, Yeah, so all the veterans of that team, the leaders, again, it was, so Joe, me, Tremont Williams, Josh McCown, Demario Davis, um, there's a couple other ones, maybe one or two more people. Um, But we're in that meeting. Um, Kirko was there, I think. Nope, Joe Hayden was there. Kirko wasn't in there. Joe Hayden was there. Um, And in that meeting, the London game came up. Now, the London game has been a pain for a lot of players. Like, prior to, like, this year where people have now, I feel like, kind of settled into that. Same with Thursday Night Football, where you would hear so much complaining about these things because they were new. They're not doing that anymore. Back then, there was still a big pain point with traveling to London. 
And that was the topic of conversation. And to his surprise, we were all kind of like, yeah, we've never been to London. We've never gotten to play the London game. And he was like, so wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys want to play in London? We were like, yeah, we would love that. So lo and behold, offseason comes around. It's announced Browns are playing in London, right? Easy fix. Fast forward to the actual game. Nobody who was in that room was on the roster for the London <laughs> game. Joe got hurt. Josh left the team. I left the team. Joe Hayden got traded. Uh, Tremont was gone. Demario Davis left. So literally nobody who was in the room got to actually play in London the next season for the Browns. Joe was our last bad hope, omen. and he broke us up. A bad omen. It was a bad omen, man. All right, so. Uh, but I love I love Mexico. I love the atmosphere of a game being played in front of fans that don't get to see a lot of NFL because it just seems like they're more excited because scarcity drives excitement in football and in life. Um, and so they don't get to experience it. And last night it just felt electric. There was plenty of fans from both teams, but I think there was just a lot of people that were excited about the NFL that just wanted to see an NFL game. And you can feel that through the broadcast. So I thought it was pretty cool. There you go. All right, what we got next, John? Hawk responding to a Lamar Jackson interview ran by the Checkdown. Shout to the Checkdown, sir. All those Shout guys. Shout to the Checkdown. Hawk responded to a Lamar Jackson interview by tweeting, serious question, is Lamar Jackson the most likable QB in the NFL? Hawk, explain mm. yourself. Yeah, man, I was watching that interview, and yeah, clearly he got the best of the Deshaun Watson matchup that was supposed to be a heavyweight bout. Um, but you never really hear Lamar Jackson talk bad about anybody. You know, and I mean, he's he's made some comments like, you know, not bad for a running back and but they're not constant. And you could tell he's not for someone who was like truly bashed coming into the draft, like so much so that the conversation wasn't about how good he would do. Like it was about Josh Rosen or Baker Mayfield or Josh Allen or any any of these other quarterbacks. It was about if he should even play the position at all. And you would think with the success he has now. He would have that, yeah, look at me now mentality. And, and maybe he does behind closed doors, but he he doesn't show that, man. He just seems like a kid who loves to play football, loves to compete, and loves to win. And if he is phony, he is brilliant because he almost says the right thing every step of the way. When I sent that tweet, I didn't expect for it to have the reaction it did. I think it's up to like literally 2,500 retweets, 900 comments. Um, a lot of people who are like, yes, I'm a Browns fan and I love the dude, or I'm a, I'm a Bengals fan. I hate him as a player, but he is like, for for some reason, I can't help but root for him. Um, and I'm sure that'll change over time. It always does. But it, it was just, again, I I just like genuinely enjoy him. He seems like a genuine dude. And yeah, it's just refreshing. Even when you see the videos, right? They play the videos of his game, Joe, where he's on the sideline. The coach is like, you want to go for it? He's like, hell yeah, coach. He turns to his offensive line. Y'all ready to go for it? They're like, yeah, let's go, let's go. They get out there and they go get it and he celebrates. And it's like, yo, that is the coolest yeah. part about football. And so many of us lose that by the time we actually make it to the NFL. So it's cool to see him still have that, especially as the leader of his team in the face of a franchise. Yeah, he's mature. Yep. He's professional. He's not annoying even when he's kind of pushing back at his critics a little bit, like you mentioned right. with the whole thing about being a running back. Like if that was me, I would be right. beating my chest. I would exactly. be way more obnoxious about it. Um, it seems like he has a true joy with what he's doing. And that was one thing I learned when I started getting into the media space and I worked with some of these media 
professionals that help kind of coach you up. And you've worked with the same people mm-hmm. with uh, Jerry Madelons and some of these other guys. Yep. And they talk about like the joy that you go through your profession comes through on TV. And even though people might not agree with everything you say, if you're showing your passion for something, people are going to watch because people like seeing other people experiencing their passion. Yep. And you can tell how much Lamar Jackson enjoys what he does. You can see the progress that he's making, how coachable he is. And when he just goes out there and he does something and he has fun doing it, it's fun to watch. Even though as a Browns fan, I, I would love to hate him and love to jump on top and say how crappy the Ravens are. But um He's doing some remarkable things. Yeah, He's man. proven doubters like myself wrong, which, you know, not good for my brownies, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy for him because right. he is very likable. He reminds me a little bit of Heinz Ward. Like like I mentioned, yeah. he's a guy who plays really hard. He plays for the Steelers, so it's easy for me to want to hate him, but he does everything with a smile on his face, and he does things the right way yep. uh, in a mature and professional way manner and so it's hard not to cheer for guys like that yeah it's tough man I, I feel i feel like at some point he'll have a hiccup right we all have we all have some sort of hiccup at some point in time but um, he's built up a lot of equity at this point but he's built up a lot of equity even when they ask him about the mvp race he's always like yeah, i don't care about that i just want to win football games man i came here to win a super bowl like on draft night they you could go back and look at the video on his draft night where he goes mm-hmm. like last pick of the round he's visibly pissed off talking to Deion sanders and he's like, you know, they're like, talk about how you feel. And he was like, everybody has to play. Everyone has to pay. Every team in the NFL has to pay. And he was like, well, what can we expect out of Lamar Jackson? He was like, you can expect the Super Bowl, period. That's all I care about. You can expect the Super Bowl out of Lamar Jackson. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I believe him. <laughs> but, yeah. So, all right. What do we got next? Well, I'm curious. Who are you guys? I mean, you mentioned Troy Palomalu and Heinz Ward on the last show. Who are the oh, guys Troy who are, like, the, the most beloved NFL players in the NFL circles for players? Yeah. Because um, it seems like the fans turn on everybody at some point. Yeah. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. I mean, are you asking me just, like, who are, like, some of those guys that personally that I just – like in NFL player circles, like guys that are just universally well liked. I feel like Andrew Luck was like that. Um, yeah, people liked Andrew Luck. I mean, he Pey- just people like Peyton Manning. I think he was yep. tough on his teammates and stuff, but I think people enjoyed him because of how much of a competitor he was. But all he also had a really good way of being self-deprecating and he had a good mm-hmm. sense of humor. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of superstars. That's what makes it tough because there's a lot of good guys in the NFL. But it's easier yeah. to be a good guy when you're not that big of a deal. You know what I mean? Like, it's not as surprising when you're, again, the, the quarterback or the face of a franchise or a guy who's being talked about literally every single day. It is a little bit more surprising to see those guys be in the salt of the earth. Sport for the Tomahawk Show comes from Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right, baby. It's time to pay the bills, and Manscaped send over probably the most ridiculous talking points I've ever seen, but it's jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Christmas is coming up, and you got to clean that area down under. I'm not talking about Australia. I'm talking about in your britches, buddy. Untrimmed pubes. We're not doing that anymore. No, especially not here on the Tomahawk. We're cleaning it up. How? With the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. That's right. Get somebody a gift. Get yourself a gift. Do everybody a favor. 
right? Clean it up a little bit. Don't go on IR while trying to manscape yourself below the belt. Right. That's why this revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your man jewels. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower because who wants stray hairs all over your bathroom area? Right. No, that's a very, very good point, Joe. You know what stinks? I don't know what stinks, but I can imagine there's a few things down below in the Australia nether region that might stink. That's right, Joe. The nether regions stink. That's why we have the crop preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. All right, you put deodorant on your armpits, don't you? Why not put it in the other areas that stink? That's where Manscaped comes in. It also comes with the crop reviver. Okay, and that basically means we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna spruce up a little bit. You know, give ourselves. Some, 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 you know, you guys get what I'm telling you. The perfect package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk nicely tucked in the trunk. All right. It's time to upgrade those used boxers you get and Manscaped with high performance anti-chafing draws, man. All right. This is Manscaped 2.0 here to help everybody else. Disclaimer. Don't use the trimmers that you use on your under regions on your face. It's nasty. You nasty if you do that. But you know what? You can still get 20% off and free shipping with the code Tomahawk at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. The balls are in your court, Tomaflock. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Tomahawk at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Tomahawk. Clean up your nuts. <laughs> Clean up. You're nuts and make Santa <laughs> proud this year. Joe Thomas tweeted Sunday, NFL pass interference replay still not working. Egregious PI in the Baltimore versus Houston game on Mark Ingram TD. And coaches are so afraid to challenge, since it's impossible to win, that the play went unchallenged. Ridiculous. And then responding to another tweet, Joe said, it's almost become a strategy within a strategy. Somehow, avoid the temptation to challenge a play that was clearly missed to save a timeout for later. It's like a discipline slash IQ test for coaches to see who can control their emotions within a game and realize you challenge, you lose. Mm. Joe, explain yourself. Well, the pass interference from the Baltimore-Houston game that everybody was talking about was the egregious. That was terrible. Easy one in the end zone oh with DeAndre gosh. Hopkins where he was completely mugged. It was almost as bad, probably as bad as the one we saw in the NFC Championship game with the Saints and the Rams. And yes. it got reviewed and it didn't get changed. And so Bill O'Brien after the game's like, I honestly do not know what pass interference is anymore. And this is exactly why we said you shouldn't be able to review judgment calls like pass interference and offensive defensive holding. Like it is so ridiculous because it happens so quickly and it should be a judgment call made on the field right away. And then what should happen is there should be a quick sky judge that can review it really fast and give some information to the officials that are on the field yep. and help them make the call. But it should not be something that wastes our time, that wastes two or three minutes going to the review, forcing a coach to challenge it with a timeout. It's just the wrong process. And the NFL really should just not waste any more time. But it is an interesting strategy right now because – you look at uh, these coaches who continually are challenging and they're continuing to lose and they're continuing to lose timeouts. And like I said, it, it's almost like let's see who has the discipline to not do what they know is right but will hurt the team because you know you're going to lose and you're going to just lose a timeout. And 
you can have the opportunity like Bill O'Brien to come out to the media and complain and say, I don't even know what pass interference is anymore. But in the end, it's your fault because you can't see how things are being officiated right now. And so you shouldn't ever pull out that challenge flag. I'm sorry. Just yeah. don't do it. No, you're right. I mean, it's if, if that is any indication of like the rule, not only should you not pull the challenge flag out, at the end of the, the year, they just got to do away with the ability to challenge PI, man, because yeah. it's like they second guess themselves and now they're like, hey, just don't call anything. So it's just take yeah. take away the option. The NFL needs to make two changes this offseason. I feel strongly they need to add a sky judge to help officials in real time so we are not wasting time in the game to go to reviews as often as we are. Like I understand if there's like a bang-bang play in the end zone and it's a scoring play and you got to see if the feet were in bounds and all these other different things, you might need the time to review it. But when it's quick things like that where you can watch it in slow-mo in 10 seconds and an official that's a sky judge can call down to the field and talk right to the referee's ear and they can huddle up and get it right quickly, let's do that. Let's stop wasting fans' times and stop hurting the flow of our game. But the other thing they need to do is they do need to implement a review process for roughing the passer because that is actually something that could benefit from being reviewed. And it's something that is happening so quickly and it's be, it's being missed so many times that, yeah, I, I agree. We want to protect quarterbacks. We want to protect the health of our stars in this league, but we need to make sure we're doing it smartly and we're not missing those calls because they're happening so quickly that officials can't see it in real time and make the right call because of how stringent the rules are right now with roughing the passer. And that makes more sense too, right? Because, for instance, Humphreys, who tackled uh, Hopkins, isn't going to get a fine for tackling Hopkins before. They're not going to go back in that and say, oh, you actually did tackle him, here's a fine for you. But if you hit a quarterback late and it's not called in a game, you will still get a fine Monday morning. So there, there is like a very clear line to them that you can't do this thing. So that actually does make sense for me, for you, for you to have the ability to challenge for someone to review and say, oh, okay, you you did hit the quarterback late or you gave extra or you went low, et cetera. All right, what do you got, John? Responding to a tweet from Michael David Smith about how the NFL should do a free agent combine, Hawk tweeted, Something like that would have changed my life. Hawk, explain yourself. Yeah, man. Like, so, and they actually did implement something similar where it was like. Yeah, don't they already do that? They did, they and did then that. they stopped for- it. And it like, so oh, when I was trying to get to the league, it wasn't there. When I got there, they had it. And then when I left, it, they stopped it again. So I was like, <laughs> they just wanted to make sure. Well, I you did quit not on your benefit. team, the Patriots. So <laughs> yeah, when I quit on complain the about world champs. Lack of combine. True, true. Um. But yeah, no, I mean, like, I because I remember coming out and I knew my numbers were going to be crazy because I was good in that situation. And you know, when your when your numbers pop in a combine setting, yeah. whether you're actually good at football or not, it gets you the opportunity to have a chance. Mm-hmm. If I would have got a chance, I would have went into practice and I would have been my normal self and basically would have got that whole process started earlier than what it was, which took me three years after graduation to actually get to the NFL. So, yeah. Joe Thomas, three days ago, tweeted, controversy has erupted in the Thursday Night Football green room. Is chili soup at Tomahawk Show at Hawk? Joe, explain yourself. So the great Steve Smith, the great football player and analyst for the NFL Network, was enjoying a chicken noodle soup in the green room underneath Cleveland Browns Stadium, First Energy Stadium, Cleveland Browns Field or whatever they call it. And... We started talking about soups, and one of the producers, Chris Wirtz, the great Chris Wirtz, uh, said he has 
only tried soup once in his life and it was horrible and he regretted it instantly. And it was like the funniest little story. And so we started talking about chili and all of a sudden I talked about my love of chili. I like white chili. I like regular chili. I like uh, a black chili that my mom used to make. That's fantastic. Very like peppery and spicy. It's wonderful. I love chili because it's beef, which everybody loves ground beef. And it's all sorts of stuff you can put in it. I am in raw onions, shredded cheese, sour cream, jalapenos, and some oyster cracker guy. Like load up my chili and I'm a happy person. I'll even go, doesn't Cincinnati put noodles in their chili? Oh, I yeah. love noodles in my chili. I love everything. Skyline chili. Skyline. And so then we started arguing over, is chili soup? And I think chili is soup, but people are saying chili is chili. It's in its own category. And I still believe that if it's served in a bowl and it's liquidy with stuff in it, it is considered a soup. Yeah, I'm going to say no. I feel like that's a bad take. That's a that's You can't just say no and then back it up with nothing. That is the first thing you learn in the school of media is you give me a take and then tell me why. Because a soup is a soup. It's soupy. Chili what makes is, it soupy? What makes it a soup? The broth? I don't know, like Well, there's broth the in chili. The fact that most chili. of the contents is liquid? Yeah, that's what chili is. It's no, liquid. you strain the the liquid out of chili. It's no, not. You don't. Otherwise, a, you'd serve it on a plate. That's more of a sauce than it is a soup or a broth. I think I'm with Joe on this one. If you serve it in a bowl oh because it's liquid based, I think it's yes. a soup. I have a very liberal definition. I would also Thank say you. beef stew. It's is like cereal a soup. A soup? Is corn flakes and milk a soup? <laughs> I knew John, you were going to bring up cereal. It's Give cereal. It to me. Cereal's it's breakfast cereal. soup. Breakfast soup. Yep, Bre- I like that take. Breakfast John, I'm soup. with you. Cereal is breakfast soup. <laughs> because is- soup makes... Okay, soup is served in a bowl because of its liquid contents and it's served hot. Mm. Cereal, What about gazpacho? Gazpacho is a soup. Cold soup. So is hot oatmeal. Oatmeal is soup. <laughs> Cream of wheat is soup. <laughs> yep. Soup. This is ridiculous. I'm with you, Joe. Chili is soup. You guys are idiots. <laughs> uh, last one. A prisoner who briefly died argues that he served his life sentence. Hawk replies, but is he wrong? Explain yourself. <laughs> his life ended. <laughs> his life ended. That They shouldn't put life sentence. Mm-hmm. That's why they give people multiple life sentences, right? right? Life, yeah. They give somebody double life, 13 consecutive life sentences. <laughs> that just in case you die and come back, you still have 12 more to go. He only had one life sentence. He died. He came back. Free that man. He got a... Who, who are you to question God giving him a second chance at life? God probably did that on purpose. If, if the medical records show that he died and his, he stopped breathing and his life was over, he now has a new life. Free him. And and give him a new social security number, everything. Give him new credit. It gets a it gets a complete clean slate for me, Joe. You're either pregnant or you're not. You're not half pregnant. You're either dead or you're alive. <laughs> you can't be both. You're either the pig or the chicken in the ham and egg sandwich. <laughs> what? This guy was the pig. All He's right. not alive. You can't say that you are briefly dead. There's no such thing. Yes. I say fake news. Fake news? If he stops breathing for a considerable amount of time, he's dead. How okay. long is a considerable amount of time? Enough that some some there has to be medical records that showed he give his, me an his amount heart, of time. His heart stopped working, his brain was done, and then he just he jumped back. Let's let, let's look at our research. Dead is, is final. Like you are either you've died 
or you're alive. There is no <laughs> I was dead and now I'm alive. Like the, this is not how it works. So what do you call it when someone's heart and like everything just stops in their body? Everything? Everything. Your your organs aren't functioning. Every like just everything <laughs> stops for ten seconds. What do you call that? It sounds like heartburn. That's that's what <laughs> I get after eating a big mission barbecue meal. <laughs> heartburn. Oh man. Let let my let free what's his name? All right. We'll call I it. can get behind Freen, whatever that guy's name is. I don't because know. Because he's briefly dead. Because the, that doesn't. The story sounds like a exist. Corey. Free Corey. All right, Hawk. Time for the next segment. And let's talk about Water Boys, right? We're not talking about the Bobby Boucher, Adam Sandler Water Boys. No. Okay. We're talking about the Chris Long foundation that brings water and clean water to folks that don't have it throughout the world that are in the most need a lot of them are in africa and what the water boys are doing is they're helping raise money to build wells in african countries that don't have access to clean water this changes lives this is a huge deal chris long has been on the forefront of this for a long time and the tomahawk show Yours truly, mm-hmm. me and you, Hawk, we're very excited to partner with Waterboys to help raise money to for them to fulfill their mission. Mm. You know what? I mean, John talked about it earlier about most likable guys. Chris Long is actually one of those guys. Everybody loves Chris Long. Listen, from November 19th to November 25th, fans of myself, Joe Thomas, and the Tomahawk Show and the Waterboys organization are encouraged to donate at least 1673 towards clean water the money that you give will go towards providing clean water to somebody in need why 1673 1673 because 16 is my number 73 is joe's number and it's less than 10,363 which Mm. is joe's consecutive snaps and we don't know if anybody would be willing to donate that much money so 1673 (laughs) is the number donate that for clean water listen one lucky donor we were going to invite you on to the Tomahawk Show on November 26th. That's right. So of the people who donate 1673 to the organization, we will invite you on the show for an interview to talk with me and Joe. And actually, we'll rename that episode. For whatever your name is, it'll be Tama Blank Hawk. All right? So wow. you win this. We're going to brand that episode, the Tama Blank Hawk. Enter your, enter your name here. Um, so make sure you go donate. Mm-hmm. And you can donate at waterboys.org slash donate. Like Hawk said, we're very excited to partner with Water Boys. They're doing amazing things, uh, bringing clean water to those who need it the most. Waterboys.org slash donate. If you donate at least 1673 towards clean water, you have an opportunity to be the guest on the Tomahawk Show. We're even going to name the show after you about that? for that day on November 26th. Uh, it's an exciting time for us, and it's an exciting time for Water Boys. And as we transition, I'm very interested. What makes a player universally likable in the NFL? I would let's come up with a couple qualities. Yeah, that you can check off the list that make you very likable in the NFL. And I'm going to go with the first one is like you play the game the right way. Yep. And to me, that means you're professional, so you study hard and you play hard and you work hard on the field. Mm-hmm. I would I would say those things are very important to being a likable player. Yep, I would say. But number two is, you seem authentic in your personality. 
right? Like genuine, genuine, and people have to see you and feel like, oh, okay, I'm not getting the fake version of this guy, which happens a lot in the NFL, and it's very rare. What else you got? I think respectful. Like you mm-hmm. understand there's a mutual respect when you get onto the field that uh, there might be some trash talk, but it's in a competitive environment. Yep. It's competitive. Like um, there was probably people that didn't like Steve Smith because he was such a big trash talker. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people respected him because of how he approached the game, the joy with which he played, and the the way he raised the level of all the players around him. And he was constantly challenging his teammates and himself for greatness. Yep, I I would also say they don't take themselves too seriously, yeah, right? Like they they understand this isn't you know we're competing out there, but it, it's it's not life or life or death, right? They're not mm-hmm. above you know how you perceive them or they're just themselves, man. And that's that's a cool one. Um, yeah. Well, hey, I think that was a pretty good list. Okay, so yeah. if you guys in the Tama flock have any more information, any more feedback on what you think we said about what makes a player likable from a fan's perspective. Yeah. We'd love to hear it. At Tomahawk Show, Reddit, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook group is the Tama Flock. Uh, call our voicemail line. Let us know what makes a player likable or unlikable. That there might be go. kind of interesting. 440-628-1376. It seems like Miles Garrett has a lot of those qualities that you guys mentioned. Miles yeah. Garrett, also a water boy, right? Or yep. the water boy, as he you is. mentioned earlier. He's got a lot of those characteristics, except for when he hits people with <laughs> the tomahawk <laughs> yeah. chop on the top of the head. I would say the Pittsburgh Steelers do not like him yeah. right now. It but hurts you. He's got an opportunity to maybe earn it back. Right? Yeah. That's like with my kid. I took his iPad away, but you have an opportunity to earn it back if you do <laughs> so many good things throughout the course of the day. But for Miles, it's going to be probably next year. Throughout right. the course of next year, sure. yeah. he's going to have an opportunity to earn it back from his fellow NFL players. Right, by not hitting them with their own helmet. Don't hit them with <laughs> In the, head. the Tomahawk television. helmet chop. All right, before we wrap, it is time to pick the winner of this week's Tomahawk catchphrase. Um, do we vote on this or are we just picking it? We're just picking it. We narrowed right. it down to seven submissions. Okay. The first is a Hawkins family submission. Yep. And then we have six more. No doubt to <laughs> doubt it is the first submission. Okay. Easily put in there. I don't know if it picks up as fast or as quick or as decisive as some of our other catchphrases. Another one we have is looking back gives you nothing but a sore neck. Ooh. That's a good one. Uh, number three, we got you don't ask the cattle about the farmer. I've always liked that one. Yeah, because Clearly you're a farmer. It's because of my farming bias. Right. And I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what it means, but yep. I like it. And the next one is all talk, no trousers. We've heard that that's one. That's pretty funny. Five is the proof is in the pudding. That's a little. No, nah, that's out. That's weak. Eliminate that. Um, six, it's a pancake party, but no one brought the syrup. <laughs> I actually like that one a lot. And maybe it's because I love pancakes. Um, I like lastly, we have it's like a broken drum. You can't beat it. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. So. I, so since the Hawkins family got to submit one, I'd like to submit one from yes, the Charter in Chief, which is my father-in-law. I posted a photo of him <laughs> in Charter, England, one time. Yeah, I uh, sharted he was sitting once. on a bench, and it had Charter uh, right on the back <laughs> of the bench. And so I posted that. Does Charter have some... anything to do with skid loaders? <laughs> Maybe that would be a great brand opportunity. <laughs> if, if you're going to start a skid loader company and you name it Charter, you're going to sell a shart load of them. Let's put it that way. So his favorite catchphrase of all time that I feel like we should include in this is, you don't have to play a sport to be one. 
<laughs> I like that. What do you guys think? We, I like it. Because I loved it. His daughters hated it, of course. Because You don't have to play a sport. a daughter, you hate everything your dad does. How about we change it up? You don't have to play a sport to be a good one. Too no? long. Too long? I thought that made more sense. No? All right. Well, you don't have to play a sport to be one. So we'll add that in there. All right. So let's file it down. Let's keep that one in there. We'll get that to automatic to the final since the father-in-chief says it. Automatic. Uh, double bye week to the to the Super Bowl. The other two I'd say we bring in are you don't ask the cattle about the farmer. It feels like what I think we should do is we should slowly each go back and forth eliminating one we don't like. Okay, I like that. All right, so I'm gonna eliminate nobody doubt it because I just love it and I'll use it all the time. We can use it later. I'll probably use it anyway. Okay. So we'll eliminate that one. Um, I like the longer catchphrases as well. I think they're funnier. Um, looking back right. gives you nothing but a sore neck. I'm going to eliminate that one. All right. Perfect. That's just, it's like, yeah, okay, but it's not that funny. Yep. Um, you don't ask the cattle about the farmer. You're cutting that one out? I don't want to cut it out. I it like it. It feels like a Freddy Kitchen subtweet. It does. Yeah. Like that down home country feel. Um, you don't ask. Well, it's your the, turn, so eliminate all right. one. All right. I'm going to eliminate all talk, no trousers. Oh man, that was my front runner. That was my leader yeah. in the clubhouse. Damn, All I right. liked it because I could I could see myself say, saying that about somebody on Thursday. I don't even get. Oh, it. this guy, he's been all talking no trousers all season. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I might bring it back to life. All right, go ahead, eliminate another one. <laughs> Is this like the guy that you were advocating for? It was yes. dead for a while, but now it's alive. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, you go ahead, eliminate one. We already eliminated the proofers in the pudding, so we don't got to do that one. Yeah. Boy, this is tough. These last five are pretty strong. It's like a broken drum. You can't beat it. What do you think about that one? Mm. Mm. I, I like it, but I'm just on it. All right. I'm going to eliminate that one. All right. That's all right. So what do we have left? So we have four finalists here. All Talk No Trousers has been resuscitated. Yep. On its second life <laughs> sentence. <laughs> don't ask the cattle about the farmer. Pancake party, but nobody brought the syrup. And you don't have to play a sport to be one. All right, I'm I'm gonna eliminate. You don't ask the cattle about the farmer. Okay, great. So we've got three finalists, and mm -hmm. I think pr to do it in proper tomahawk fashion, mm -hmm. what we should do is we should put it on Twitter for a 24-hour Twitter poll and let people th throw their feedback in it. We've done a good job eliminating yep. it, but I still feel we need to include the tomahawk to agree. get to a true and pure answer because. This is going straight to Thursday football right here. Yep. Thursday night football this week, Houston, Texas, Indianapolis Colts. It's a big game. It's bounce back game for Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. So uh, there's going to be a lot of pupils on this one. We, we need to make sure we're getting it right. There you go. All right. So our three finalists, you don't have to play a sport to be one. It's a pancake party, but nobody brought the syrup and all talk and no trousers with the Tomaflock be the deciding factors. All right. Well, that does it for this episode of the world-famous Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award-winning Tomahawk Show. We appreciate you joining us. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter, at Tomahawk Show. Tomahawk, hit the voicemail lineup. Joe, you got any final thoughts? Final thoughts for the week. Uh, I got a chance to watch Tom Brady's press conference after their win on Sunday. And like everybody, he sounded a little sad, a little bit tired. And a little bit bored, a little bit over it, honestly. Yeah. And as you start putting those pieces together, pretty soon that sign is pointing to one thing. And, and 
by watching his reactions and how he seems like he's just over playing in the NFL, especially because he's not playing at that elite level anymore. Right now he's kind of playing like a middle of the road quarterback. Their offense is not doing a whole lot. Their defense is completely carrying him. I have become hardened in my belief that this is the last year that Tom Brady is going to play football. I think he wants to go out while he still is playing good football and he can see that the arrow is trending downward and he doesn't want to be the reason why his team can't make the playoffs and can't continue this great run that they've had. Uh, So for those reasons, I definitely believe we are watching the last of Tom Brady in the NFL. So for those of you that love watching greatness, Enjoy it because it's short-lived. Yeah, and don't watch Philip Rivers because that is not greatness anymore. Not greatness. Um, that's a good point, Joe. Also, the NFL is like kind of passing them by as we look at like who are the hot new names and quarterbacks. Like no one the game's has changing. brought up Tom Brady at all. Like it's just this year is it, it's like the first year of a new a new era. So we're gonna miss you, Tom. Take us out, Joe. Joe, hug yourself.